with. And uh, he took us to this one place. We had about four days of meetings there, uh, two or three meetings at each day. And, uh, and then uh, over the week, uh, the next week, we spent, spent uh, three days in another area. Had to drive about two and a half hours to get to that place. But um, uh, in every place, it seemed like God just really moved and ministered. And uh, I was so encouraged by it, and certainly uh, C.J. was. We talked about it. Joash was very encouraged. In fact, he says, I think some of it rubbed off on me, he said. He, he got excited and was, uh, uh, he'd been, in, we've encouraged everybody to speak in tongues, pray in the spirit and build themselves up. And uh, that's what we were praying for people. Mainly two things, that they might be filled with the Holy Spirit. And uh, the second thing is that God would heal people. And so we, we would talk some about it and encourage them from the scriptures, what it said about how as we, as we pray in the spirit, we build ourselves up and strengthen ourselves. And uh, uh, CJ gave us a, a short admonition last week, if you remember, on uh, keep doing that here. You know, uh, It's not us that's going to get the job done. It's the spirit of God through us, God using us, using our lives to accomplish his will. And uh, to stay full of the Holy Spirit is really important. Uh, and so anyway, we, we prayed for people. We began to, we talked to them about the Holy Spirit. And then we be, just went out and began to pray for them. There's probably 25 and 30 in a group. I would just guess at that. And uh, like I said, it went on for three or four days. And, uh, and we'd lay hands on them and pray for them. They start speaking in tongues. Uh, I think one time we had nine people lined up there and eight of them spoke in tongues immediately began to pray in the spirit. Just as we laid hands on them, the spirit of God came on them and they began speaking tongues. And uh, I think the other person had a need in, in her life, if I remember right. She was burdened about something, so she's kind of hesitant to move ahead. But she, she, in the next meeting, she says the burden's gone, so that's good. Praise God. So um, that took place. And then uh, as we prayed for people for healing, we, we, after we prayed for the Holy Spirit, we prayed for people to be healed and, uh, and uh, again, we just lay hands on them and pray for them. And we begin to hear testimonies. They'd stand up and give testimony how God touched them. The thing was gone that was, had been bothering them. And the number of healings took place. We were amazed. I, I was really praising the Lord. We saw such manifestations of God there. But, but a key thing was we had been praying in the Spirit. When we, before we went over there... <laughs> I mean, uh, that's the thing that God had freshly challenged me with, and I know CJ the same way. And we spent time just worshiping the Lord and praying in the Spirit. And, uh, and I believe that was one of the reasons we saw manifestations of God. Remember when Jesus, uh, uh, before, after the resurrection, he was giving this, uh, instructions to his disciples. He says, don't leave Jerusalem until you receive the promise of the Father coming of the Spirit on them. Uh, you shall receive power. And as I've mentioned before, that word power there in the Greek is dunamis. It means dynamite in, the, in English. So you shall receive dynamite after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. But if it's easy to read over things, and this is historical accounts of what's happened back 2,000 years ago, but God wants us to be full of the Holy Spirit. And not uh, last you know, not last month, but constantly being filled with the Spirit of God because it edifies and builds us up and, and uh, gets us ready to serve God. The he, doors he may open just quickly to our lives and we get a chance to minister to people or 
we're put into situations that we'll, God will use us as we're, we're filled, filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, uh, I know ever since it's been about, God spoke to me about nine months, about eight months ago about this holy thing, began to really challenge me. And as I went to Bill, uh, uh, down to see Bill and Tammy Woods back in December, uh, I began to get revelation, prayer for different things that I'd never gotten before. God, as I laid hands on people, and and the Spirit of God had given me things to pray with them. I never hadn't hadn't been doing that in a long time, and uh, and uh, prophetic words began to come. I hadn't been doing that for a while. I said, "Wow, get back into these things." Praise God! But everybody can. You see, the the Spirit of God is to fill all all believers. We all are part of the body of Christ, and we have a specific ministry that God has called us to, that he gave us to us before the world began. He, he never wrings his hands in heaven wondering what he's going to do with us. He already knows what he's going to do. Every one of our lives, God has a purpose, but it's going to be accomplished as we submit to him and let him lead us and let us empower us to enter in. I wasn't going to say all this, but anyway. I really feel it's so, it's so important, and God is requickening that to us here because we've been praying for God to move. We want God to move in the town more. We want God to move in mission trips. We want God to move in our personal lives. Well, let's open our hearts to him and and, uh, go ahead and receive. If you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of tongues, well, uh, I encourage you to press into it. Uh, We'd be glad to pray with you in the service, in fact, that you'd be filled. But uh, so... uh, uh, that was the main thrust. We went to both these locations, and God moved in special ways. And I was so encouraged by the whole thing. I praise the Lord for the opportunity to get to go. We were there 12 days. The only thing was kind of a drag on us was the 14-hour flight to get over there and the 16-hour to get back because we had a headwind, I think, or something. Anyway, it was uh, <laughs> hard on the back, but we made it, praise the Lord. And uh, uh, and uh, but it was a great time. So I'll let CJ have it here. Come on, CJ. <laughs> well, we did have a wonderful time over in Africa, and uh, I think I was trying to figure it out. I've been eight or nine times. Had the privilege to go to Kenya. I've been to different parts of Africa as well, Cairo, Egypt, and. Things like that. And it's just a wonderful, amazing opportunity. Any opportunity to leave our country is, if you ever get that opportunity, take it. And one thing that will happen is you'll become very appreciative of the United States of America. Because even with all of our problems we have here, I believe we're still the greatest nation on the planet. Um, But anyway, it was a wonderful time. Like Dale said, we we had two main ministry locations in, in Kakamega, where Joe Ash lives, we did a pastor's conference, and then we went to Katali, uh, which is about two and a half hours away, and we did another pastor's conference, and we just had a wonderful time with Joe Ash. Joe Ash is an amazing brother, very humble, God-fearing, loving man. Um, his people adore him, which shows that, that um, he's the real deal. You know, he's a very genuine man of God that loves people, loves Jesus. You know, we send, we're the only church that, that supports him. Now, he has, there's individuals that sponsor him, and there's businesses that sponsor him. But as far as churches, I believe we're it. 
And he takes the money that, that, that is sent and he spends it all on people. I mean, he spends it. The, you saw all these children. There are two children's works, ministries that they have. Um, they're called Kicker Academy, <laughs> uh, which is pretty cool. And, and, but he just ministers to these children. They're doing a wonderful job. And he just loves his pastors. They're scattered all over the place. And, and so he has a motorcycle that he uses that we were going to give to a pastor. And when Johnny and I were there two years ago, he was going to give, we had five that our church that you guys uh, gave money, so we gave to five pastors because they have, they have to travel a long ways to their churches. And so um, we thought one thing, a very practical help would be motorcycles so they can travel to their congregations. Well, Joe Ash intended to give all five of them to, all, to five of his pastors. There's more than five, but the ones that live the furthest away. Well, Johnny and I felt like the Lord wanted us to encourage Joe Ash to keep one for himself. Because he had the furthest to travel, but yeah, he was going to give it away. And so we had to encourage him almost strong-handedly to keep one of the motorcycles for himself. But it just shows the kind of heart he has that he wants to give and serve his leader so they can do wonderful things. So Josh is a wonderful brother. We had a great time. And I want to share three takeaways that I took from this trip going to Kenya. Uh, And first I want to read in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 through 19 out of the NLT, if we have that. It says, so be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs amongst yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts. Wonderful admonition from the Lord in his word. So the first thing that I came away with from this trip, number one is that Dale is still full of it. He's still full of the Holy Spirit. And, and that encourages me so much because when I'm almost 85 years old, like he's almost 85 years old, he'll be 85 in July. When, he's at, when I'm 85, I want to be doing what this man's doing. And what he does is he makes himself available to the Lord to be used, however the Lord wants him to, to, to use him. But he does that by being open to the Holy Spirit, praying in tongues, praying in tongues, praying in tongues, praying in tongues. And I've been, he's been my spiritual father for a number of years. We won't get into all that. But, um, but over the years, the main encouragement that I've received from him and the challenge that I've taken from him is to pray in tongues, spend time with the Father, speak in tongues. And, and he, if, you've, if you've ever traveled with Dale, like Todd and Shannon have, like um, others have, you just hear him. Or if you just work with him or you're around him, he prays in tongues a lot. Me and Dale and, and Benjamin went to California last fall. And uh, Benjamin and I were talking about this. We were talking about the importance of speaking in tongues, praying in tongues, as I was encouraging him. And, and we're talking about Pastor Dale. I said, man, he prays a lot, doesn't he? He goes, yeah. He goes, you know, Dad, when we were at the airport and you went to the restroom and, and Pastor Dale and I were sitting there and he was praying in tongues in the airport, not a church service, not a prayer meeting, but just sitting there waiting for the plane, praying in tongues. And the Bible encourages us. He who prays in tongues edifies himself. So if you want to edify, if you want to edify and build yourself up, praying in tongues is definitely a way that the Lord gives us to do that. And what's so encouraging is, is, you know, Kenya's not an easy trip. It's not 
like we're just going to Texas or somewhere. It's, it's a challenging trip. You know, things are different. We don't have the luxuries all that we're used to and everything. And, and you know, flying over there and the jet lag and all the kind of stuff you go through. But this man continuously makes himself available and says, Lord, here am I. Send me. Do what you want. And he keeps himself ready by praying in the spirit. And it was interesting because at one of the places where we prayed and, and uh, Pastor Dale shared a message on being filled with the Holy Spirit, praying in tongues, and, and nine people came up. And as we prayed for him, eight out of the nine got filled. They received their prayer language. Well, as Dale was praying for the one lady, as we're praying for the one lady, he said, I feel like she's discouraged. You know, she's discouraged. And he was telling Joash so he, she can interpret everything. And come to find out, she was greatly discouraged. She wasn't just discouraged like, oh, I'm having a bad hair day. She was greatly discouraged. And we, um, and so Joash was asking her if she's discouraged, and it was confirmed, and so Dale got to pray for her. You know, the Lord revealed to him what was going on in this lady, so he was able to minister effectively to her. And then either later that afternoon or the next day, I can't remember which one it was, when uh, Joash had them share testimonies, and this lady shared a testimony how she was greatly discouraged in life circumstances, and she was going on and on. But she was greatly encouraged by the Lord. And why is that so, why is it so important? And it, it really encouraged me because this man made himself ready, was able to hear and receive from the Lord, and was able to impart courage to this lady who needed it. And that's what God wants to do through us. He wants to use us to minister effectively to people because he loves people, and he wants to love people through us. But it's as we make ourselves ready, then we can do that. So we had a wonderful time, and the main message was there was receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit and receiving your prayer language. And so that was the main emphasis that Dale shared, and then I just kind of backed it up with benefits of of praying in tongues. And so it was kind of a one-two punch, and it it was very wonderful, very effective, and we got to see a lot of people physically healed as well. Number two, the second thing I received or second thing I take away is there's more grace and provision available for us than we usually take a hold of. There is, usually, there is more grace and provision that the Father has for us than we normally take advantage of or take a hold of. You know, John 15, 7, uh, verse 7 and 8 in the, in the tra- uh, Passion Translation says, But if you live in life union with me, and my words live powerfully within you, then you can ask whatever you desire and it will be done. When your lives bear abundant fruit, you demonstrate that you are my mature disciples who glorify my Father. You know, John 15, 7 and 8 is a passage that you don't hear people talk about a lot. Jesus says, if you abide in me, maintain intimate union with me and my word abides in you, you allow my word to have its way in you and work through you, then you can ask whatever you desire and it shall be done for you. That's what Jesus said. It's in the red letters in your Bible. And I remember uh, a couple of months ago, or back in April, when I was at a pastor's conference, and I heard a lady, a lot of these young people had just gotten back from all over the world. They took mission trips all over the world, different Africa, Asia, um, different places. And and so the kids were experiencing major jet lag because they had just gotten back, and they were sleepy and tired and everything. But they were together because they were allowing grace to work in their lives because they were at the special meeting where Lisa was making them her famous fried chicken. And so they were definitely not going to miss that. Joseph and Grant invited their friends over and said, hey, my mom wants to make some chicken for you. So, so they all came, regardless of how tired they were. But one of the ladies, as they were talking and sharing stories, one young lady said something that I'd never heard before. And she said, oh, I don't experience jet lag. I said, what? 
What'd you say? And I thought, well, she's kind of interesting anyway. She's kind of a unique lady, young lady. And so I just kind of didn't think much of that statement. I thought, yeah, whatever. Well, a couple of days later, one of the speakers, teachers at the pastor's conference, kind of a side note, he was sharing something, and he was sharing about healing, God's provision for healing and everything. And then on a side note, he said, you know, he had just gotten back from, he's from New Zealand, and he had just gotten back from New Zealand. And he says, you know what? I don't experience jet lag anymore. I'm like, what? What do you mean you don't experience jet lag anymore? So I've heard it twice within two days. So I'm thinking, hmm, there's got to be something to it. Now, this guy kind of took what he said more because I know him better. And so I'm thinking, okay, maybe that other young lady wasn't so weird after all. But not experiencing jet lag. And for those of you who have never traveled overseas, my way of explaining jet lag is, you know, like right here in America or in Oklahoma, it is a certain time. It's what, 11.15? Well, in Kenya, it is eight hours ahead. So it would be 7.15 p.m. It would be in the nighttime. So when it's, you know, middle of the afternoon here, it's in the middle of the night there. And so if you're here and then you travel to Kenya, then all of a sudden your body is saying it's in the middle of the afternoon, but they're saying, no, it's in the middle of the night. And then everything gets all weird. Does that make sense? So your internal clock gets all turned around and crazy and, and all that kind of stuff. So in the middle of the day here when you come back, in the middle of the day, like between 2 and 3 o'clock, you're fighting to stay awake. You can't, you're sleepy and want to fall asleep. So all these years that I've been overseas and been on mission trips, 100% of the time when I've come back, I've experienced jet lag. And typically when I come back from Kenya, it takes a week and a half, about 10 days for me to get over the jet lag. Every day about 2, 3 o'clock, I'm fighting to stay awake. So when I heard this, when I heard these two people say they don't experience jet lag, I'm thinking, there must be grace for that. See, because what typically it's like, well, jet lag is a natural process that you experience because you've just went across the planet. So it's a natural thing that you have to put up with and tolerate because that's just life. And we do that. There are things that are, you know, I'm getting older, so therefore I'm just going to be full of pain and aches and I'm going to start losing this and I'm going to start doing it. Or this is just the way it is. It's like, first of all, who told us that? You know, just because something is our experience doesn't mean that's the way it's supposed to be. Did you hear that? Just because something is our experience doesn't mean that's the way it has to be. That's where miracles come in. Too many of us Christians live our relationship with Jesus, the most powerful, the most creative, the most spectacular person in the planet, in the universe, and we live a normal life. In other words, I believe because of our union with him, he wants to glorify himself through us. So I think that's going to look different. I think that's going to look miraculous, spectacular. And people are like, wow, what's going on, Jesus? And then you get to tell them for the reason of the hope that's in you. So when I realized, I started thinking, hmm, there must be grace for this jet lag. So I said, I'm going to grab me some of that. And so I asked, Jesus said, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, ask what you desire. I desire no jet lag. But CJ, that's normal. You're supposed to experience jet lag. Well, I'm not listening to you. I'm talking to Jesus right now. 
I said, Jesus, I don't want to experience that because, here's my practical reason, it's a waste of time. When I come home, I've been gone for two weeks, I don't have time. I've already been away from my family for two weeks. They don't need to miss me for a whole another 10 days. And that's typically what happens. Daddy's asleep. Daddy, where's daddy? He's in bed. He's asleep. And all that, and, and just practical things. And so I said, Father, I want grace for, for this jet lag. And so I began to declare while I was in Kenya. Came back to the United States. Zero jet lag. That's never happened before. Zero jet lag. So here's, here's why I'm sharing that. And it, it was funny because every day I kept kind of waiting, you know, waiting. Am I sleepy? No, I'm not sleepy. I kept waiting for it to happen. I was amazed that it didn't happen. I've been back, back for two weeks now and, and zero, zero percent jet lag. And the reason why I share that with you and encourage you is because there is more that he has for you than we're taking advantage of. So begin to talk to him. I mean, he's your daddy. He loves you. He's, he is excited about you. So when you're going through life and you encounter something that's challenging or whatever, now I'm not saying, please don't hear that every single challenge he's going to remove from your life. That is not what I say, I'm saying, and I hope that's not what you're hearing. But what I am saying is there is more that he wants to do in our lives than we're accepting. There's more. Talk to him about it. Talk to him about it. You know, one small thing, well, it was as big to me, it'll be small to you, but it's huge to me. When I was over there, now on the way there, I experienced jet lag, and it took me quite a few days to get over it. It was, it was rough. But over there in Kenya, they feed you tea. Because they are British colonized, colonized by the British, they drink tea. They have their tea in the morning. They have their tea in the afternoon. They have their tea at night. It's all about tea, not coffee. But tea. And they have a Kenyan tea where they, they, it's half tea, half milk, and a lot of sugar. I love it. <laughs> love it. Dale's not too excited about it. But, but anyway, so they serve tea all the time. Well, when I drink tea or coffee, I have to use a restroom all day long and all night long. That's the way it impacts my body. That's why I don't like to drink coffee because I'm using the bathroom all day. So guess what was happening over there? Because they serve you the tea, and it's part of their hospitality. You want to accept it, so you drink it. Then I'm using the bathroom all day and all night. So when I go to bed at night, I try to stay awake as long as I can, about 11 o'clock, then go to sleep, hoping I can sleep until, you know, until it's time to get up. But typically what happens is I fall asleep at 10, and I wake up at 1 or 2 in the morning, and I'm wide awake. Wide awake because of the jet lag thing. Well, as I was trying to fall asleep because of the tea that I was consuming, I kept waking up in the middle of the night to have to use the bathroom. So it took me longer. It was taking me a long time to get over the jet lag. So I said, Lord, would you help me with this? Because this is not fun. I'm having a hard time with this because I would, every night I was waking up several times. I asked the Father for help. From that point on, I didn't wake up at all anymore. And I was able to get over the jet lag and sleep all through the night. And it was just one of those things that was a natural thing, but he was willing to help me with. And then it helped me. And so don't just accept things. Talk to him about it. Say, Lord, is this, is this okay? Can I ask you for this? And ask him. And last thing. So the first thing is, Dale is still full of it. <laughs> number two, there's more grace and provision available for us than we usually take a hold of. And number three, even when we make a mistake, God is still a good daddy. Even when we make a mistake, 
God is still a good daddy. When we, uh, you know, part of the plan that, you know, the first week we had a four-day conference, and then the second week we're going to have a, I think, a three-and-a-half or four-day conference, something like that. Well, because I told Joash ahead of time, this is when we're supposed to leave and all that kind of stuff. So he had our plan itinerary according to what I told him. So we had the second conference all set up in Katali, and we were heading to. And then I realized I was looking at the schedule, our plane itinerary, and I said, oh, no, Joash, I messed up. We're supposed to leave on Thursday, not Friday. He said, what? I said, yeah, we're supposed to leave Thursday, not Friday. I don't know how I did that, but I messed up. He's like, oh, no. So he had to change the whole schedule. So we knocked off a whole day that we're supposed to be in Katala. We knocked it off uh, so we can make sure we got to the important time and all that kind of stuff, which was a bummer because the, ple- the people were just loving the ministry, and, but we could only be there a certain amount of days. We had to cut one off because of the mistake that I made. So we get to the airport. Josh takes us to the airport. And I look at the schedule, the calendar, and it's like, wait a minute, this isn't right. The first airplane had our schedule messed up where we were not going to connect with our, our main flight. So they had it all messed up. Thinking, oh, great. So we go up to the window. We're waiting for about an hour, and then they fix it. We have to pay a few hundred dollars, $300 to get it all fixed, and we get it fixed. So our flights are going to line up. So we get on a plane in Kasumu, and we fly to Nairobi. It's like, thank you, Jesus. And I even asked some people to pray because this, this thing was all messed up. So we get there. So, okay, we made the first leg. So we're in Nairobi, and we're about to catch our, um, our 16-hour flight. And I look at the schedule again, and then I realized we are in Nairobi 24 hours too soon. The schedule wasn't wrong. Somehow I looked at it wrong. I'm thinking, are you kidding me? So we just paid $300 for no reason at all. Joash had to change the whole schedule for no reason at all because I looked at the schedule wrong. So you can imagine how I'm feeling. And I've traveled many times, booked many flights, all that kind of stuff. I've done this many times. This, I've never done that before, never. And Dale, I think, was thinking that the, the airline was messed because I kept saying, I messed up, I messed up. And he's like, no, da, 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 you know, and... And then he got it. <laughs> He's like, yeah, brother, you messed up. <laughs> he didn't say it quite like that, but yeah, I think he realized, oh, now I see what you're talking about. You did mess up. So I messed up. So we were in, in Nairobi 24 hours ahead of time. So instead of getting on the flight in four or five hours thinking we're coming home, we have 27 hours before we get on the flight to come home. I'm thinking, are you kidding me? And it was all because I messed up. Messed up. So I was feeling like a heel, feeling stupid, to be honest with you. It's like, how could I do this? So which means we had to get a, a hotel and all that. So we had to, all this extra money had to be spent because of the mistake I made. So anyway, so we check in the hotel, and um, we get up the next morning, sleep wonderfully, beautiful, wonderful. I had a hamburger, by the way, with cheese and bacon on that, all that kind of. It was wonderful. Slice of heaven. So we had all this experience. Then the next morning, we go up for breakfast. And it's a wonderful Western breakfast. Now, those of you who have been out of the States for a while, you understand the the revelation of that phrase I just said. So we're going, I mean, we're talking pancakes and eggs and bacon, that kind of, that kind of thing. And, and, uh, And I walked up and I felt the Lord said, 
you're going to have an amazing day. You're going to have an amazing day today. That's what he said. And basically, he was going to give us an amazing day. And I'm like, but I don't deserve an amazing day because I messed up. We're not even supposed to be here. And I was really struggling with the, the mistake I made and God saying, you're going to have an amazing day. It's like, no, I'm not because I messed up. I don't deserve an amazing day because I made a mistake. So my expectation was to grovel and feel sorry for myself and feel sorry for Pastor Dale for 24 hours until we got on our plane. That was my plan. The Lord said, I have a different plan. You're going to have an amazing day. And it was crazy. You know, when we, we talked to the people at the hotel and we said, hey, we want to go see the animals since we're here. Might as well go see some animals. And they said, well, it's because it was 1 o'clock. They let us stay an hour later in the hotel because we were about to be homeless. <laughs> and um, so we stayed in the hotel as long as we could. So 1 o'clock we check out. And they said, well, it's actually too late to go see the animals because it's, you know, the heat of the day. They're all hiding in the bushes and shade and all that kind of stuff. It's like rats. We don't even get to see the animals. So we can go to the petting zoos and the things like that. So that's what we we're going to do. So we, we get a cab driver who stays with you the whole day. You hire him for the whole day. We go out to the wildlife refuge place, and we're going to go sit to the petting zoo, the, the little stuff. And the guy said, um, said, well, we wanted to do this, but we were told you can't do that because the animals, blah, blah, blah. He said, who told you that? I was like, you know, the professionals back at the hotel, <laughs> the ones who know all about the animals. And he said, no, no, no. He said, if you have a driver that knows what they're doing, then you should be able to see, have a wonderful time with the animals. Well, our driver that we happened to get was a, uh, he said he's done all kinds of tours. We just happened to get this guy. So we go on our tour, and we see some wonderful stuff, and all of a sudden, what everybody goes to that place to see, and most people don't, everyone wants to see the lions, but most people don't. And we have a lion come out and greet us. She's like, hey, guys, I was waiting for you to come. Well, she didn't actually say that. I was thinking she was thinking that. You know, when she came up to us, we got to see her cubs, and they kind of, they were running along, and they're like, whoa, there's a car, and they kind of freak out, and they go off into the, to the brush. But she comes right up to us. I mean, so close that Dale rose up his window. <laughs> well, because I was hesitating between, do I want to get this shot or not? And so I'm thinking, okay, if, anyway. I mean, it was a split decision because it's like, she is extremely close. If she wants to, she can. I mean, she is really close. When she, when she came by the car, when you see at the end of the deal, when she goes by, I could have touched her with my hand. That's how close she was. But she comes up and stands and poses for us. Say, hey, guys, get my good side, you know. I'm like, are you kidding? And the driver was like, this is unusual. This is unusual. <laughs> this doesn't normally happen. This is unusual. And I felt like the father was winking at us. As I told you. And that's how the day started. And it just got gooder and gooder and gooder. Or better, excuse me. <laughs> but we had a wonderful time. And you see the crocodiles. You know where you saw the crocodiles? And, and um, we go up to this place. He says, oh, I want to take you to the crocodile. I can't remember what it's called. So we went there. I'm like, this place is closed. Because we get there and everything's shutting down. I'm saying, hey, this is closed. He says, oh, don't worry about it. Come with me. And it's like, it's closed. There's nobody in here. So his friend, a guy goes behind the, the register. We pay our money. He gives us a personal tour. It was closed. Gives us a private tour of the alligator place. And you got to see his uh, crocodile, yes. You got to see his hold the crocodile. I mean, it was just amazing. I'm thinking, this is, 
this is pretty cool. And, and when, when we saw the giraffes way off in the distance, and I said, well, we get to see the giraffe. He said, no, because it was the rainy season, so the roads were washed out, so we couldn't get out that far. I was like, man, I'd like to see some giraffes in the wild. You know, that's kind of cool. He said, I can take you to the, to the draft center, you know, the petting zoo place where you can see the drafts. So I said, okay. So as we're driving, he's realized it's closed. It's too late. It's closed. I'm like, oh, that's all right. He said, I'll just take you to the crocodile place instead. Okay, that's cool. So we're driving. All of a sudden, he stops. He says, look. And right there, outside of a car, a giraffe. It's like, are you kidding me? This is not supposed to be happening. But I feel like the Father was reminding me, and this is what I feel like he's wanting to encourage all of us sons and daughters of his. We mess up. We make mistakes. We sin. We do stupid things. The Bible says if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So in other words, even when we sin, now what I did wasn't a sin, it was a mistake. But even when we sin and we repent, He's quick to wash us clean and restore. Now, that doesn't mean, oh, I can just sin and ask forgiveness. Sin and ask forgiveness. Now, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about relationship with our Father. If you have a relationship with Him, you don't want to play with the sin game. You don't want to do that because you don't want to hurt your Father. But even when we do stupid things and we mess up, like, I can't believe I did that. See, we see ourselves in light of the mistake that we made. He sees us in light of his son. And he said, son, you're going to have an amazing day. And Dale and I had a wonderful day. I mean, it was the best, it was the best time I've had coming out of, you know, leaving Kenya that I've ever had on all the trips. Because one, I've never had the opportunity to uh, go see the animals or never taken the opportunity. There's been times when we have had opportunities. But it was just a crazy setup that the father did for us just because. Just because. And that's the kind of daddy he is. He just wants to love on us, encourage us, and he wants to do crazy, amazing things through you so that people see your good works and they glorify him. Amen? Amen. Would you stand with me? You know, Dale and I would like to thank you for allowing us to go to Kenya to minister and, and serve Joash and do all the wonderful things that, that we got to be a part of. But it's because of you partnering with New Covenant Fellowship and your tithes and offerings and gifts that allow us to do things like that. And I know Joash is very grateful, very grateful to this body. And we want to thank you for that opportunity. And thank you for praying for us. There was so much grace. I mean, you, just, you can at times almost feel it tangibly. I mean, things just work so well. well. And wonderfully, because, and I know that has a lot to do with you praying for us. And so I just want to encourage you. Let's be full of it. Just like Pastor Dale. And that, that passage that says to be filled, it says to be continuously filled. Praying in the Holy Spirit. Allowing Him just to have His way in our lives and to build ourselves up praying in, in the Holy Spirit. And remember, there's more for us out there that He wants us to have. Let's begin to go after it. It doesn't glorify the Father for us to leave all his gifts so when we go to heaven and be with him, he says, I got all the stuff still up here that I wanted you to use down there. He wants us to utilize what he's made available. Amen? And then remember, he is such a good father, such a good father.
And he wants you to see, he wants you to begin to see yourself through his eyes and not our own. So, Father, we thank you for your encouragement. We thank you for your goodness. Thank you for the wonderful things that we got to experience in Kenya. We thank you for the wonderful things that we are currently and going to experience here in Stillwater, America. We thank you, Father, that you're going to be glorified through your sons and daughters in this place, in this city, in this community, in this county, in this state. And we are excited about what's about to happen, what's about to go down, and we get to be a part of it. Lord, I just speak your blessing on your sons and daughters. And I pray that everyone will leave encouraged, full of more courage than when they came in this morning. We thank you for your goodness. We give you honor and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys and have a wonderful week. And remember those of you who are interested, uh, um, Bazingo's funeral is today at 2 o'clock at Langston. Okay. Oh, yes. I, yeah, I wonder. And if anybody would like prayer to receive their, their prayer language, be filled with the Holy Spirit or refreshed or whatever, we'd love to pray for you. Please come up and we'd love to pray for you. God bless you.